to relive a Tishrei, Memories and Experiences with Rabbi Yisrael Glitzenstein. In honor of Chodesh Hashvi'i, we sat down for an exclusive interview with Rabbi Yisrael Glitzenstein of Eretz Yisrael, who shared with us some of his voluminous memories and stories from the Tishrei's he spent with the Rebbe. My Tishrei with the Rebbe My first Tishrei with the Rebbe was Tavshin Lamed Gimel, half a year after my arrival for Kvutza before Yud Aleph Nisin, Tavshin Lamed Beis. From that year onward, I had the merit to come many times for Tishrei. I spent a total of 17 Tishrei's, or partial Tishrei's, in 770, even after I got married and moved on Shlichus. Tishrei commences. Around Chai Elul, the first guests would arrive for Tishrei. It was usually a group of some 10 people, among them Reb Zusha Vilimovsky, Reb David Chanzin, and Reb Berkechein. In those years, we rarely sang Nagunim as the Rebbe entered the shul. Normally, as the Rebbe approached, a loud shushing sound would be made, and the entire 770 would stand erect and silent. You were able to hear a pin drop during those moments. The only occasions we sang were when specific individuals would visit and themselves begin the songs with the Rebbe's approval. When Reb Zusha would come to 770, he would stand on a bench and lead the singing before and after davening. That's when you felt that Tishrei had arrived. One memory sticks out from my first year in 770. When the Rebbe returned from the oil on Erev Rishchidosh Elul Tavshin Lamed Beis, he entered the Zal for Mincha still wearing the silk kapata he normally wore to the oil. That was a sign that a surprise Farbrengen was in the works, as the Rebbe would wear the silk kapata at the Farbrengen too. Sure enough, the Rebbe glanced at Rabbi Chadukov after davening, hinting that he wanted to speak to him. A short time after entering the Rebbe's room, Rabbi Chadukov emerged with the news that there would be a short Farbrengen after Maidiv. At the Farbrengen, the Rebbe delivered a beautiful mimer beginning with the words Ani Ledoidi. Years later, the Rebbe was also Magia the Mimer. I distinctly recall how it ushered in Elul, my first Elul in 770, in a very powerful way. A Serious Reminder There were two times that the Rebbe would enter the big shoal with a very serious expression. At 1 o'clock in the morning for the first Slichis, and at 1 o'clock in the morning on Hishana Rabbah for Tehillim. I remember it being a very striking scene. Slichas during the week were held early in the morning in the downstairs shul. On one occasion that I remember, that Ebba happened to remain in 770 very late at night, and a small minion for Slichis was arranged in the small zal before the Rebbe left for home. I once watched Reb Zusha Vilimovsky stand deep in thought on 770 steps to the sidewalk with his back facing 770 
when the Rebbe suddenly passed by him from behind. The Rebbe was on his way to the mikvah. This was during the days of Slichus. Seeing his serious face, the Rebbe said, Adar zayin b'shimcha, adar zagin slichus. Either be joyful or recite slichus. Pre-Rosh Hashanah Dveikos. After Shachris on Erev Rosh Hashanah, the Rebbe would receive Panim. In later years, this would take place over several days. But in the early Tavshin Lamids, the Rebbe would receive them all on Erev Rosh Hashanah, standing near his room for many hours. At some point, they would pause the line and the elder Hasidim would present the Pan Kalali and the Rebbe would respond with a bracha. Right after receiving the Panim, the Rebbe would travel to the oil. Rebbe Yamin Klein would drive a second car behind the Rebbe and I would often catch a ride with him. It often happened that we would arrive at a traffic light right next to the Rebbe's car with the Rebbe in full view. I tried not to look, but one time Rebbe Yamin suddenly urged me, Look at the Rebbe, you'll see something amazing. I looked over and saw the Rebbe holding a Tehillim and saying the words with a profound dveikos, shaking back and forth. It was a powerful image, the likes of which I had never seen before. It is a scene I will never forget, and I like to remind myself of it every time I reach the same traffic light when riding from Crown Heights to the oil. A Conversation on High Erev Rosh Hashanah was one of the only times a year we were allowed in the oil together with the Rebbe, and I always use the opportunity to see how the Rebbe conducts himself there. It was fascinating. The Rebbe would begin by reciting Mainalashin, slowly and carefully, until he arrived at the point where one reads the pan. Then, before reaching into the bag of panim, he would begin to quietly speak, sometimes in quite an animated fashion, moving his hands up and down. This would often go on for 10 or 15 minutes. On one occasion, as the Rebbe was talking, I noticed him suddenly begin searching through the bags of letters. He picked up one stack of letters, glanced at it, and put it back. Then he picked up another stack, looked at it, and pulled out one letter. As he found it, he continued to speak, while ripping it up and placing it in the oil. Reish Hashanah, the king, arrives. After returning from the oil, the Rebbe would daven mincha and then immediately go home. Being already late in the day, some years the Rebbe would return to 770 on foot after Yom Tov started. It was a malchus diga sight as the Rosh Hashanah set in and it began to get dark. We would see the Rebbe, the Nasi Hadar, walking slowly and assuredly down Eastern Parkway with a holy and solemn Rosh Hashanah countenance his lips moving constantly. In general, the Rebbe would walk briskly, but on Shabbos and Yom Tif, he would walk slowly and patiently.
a chassid waits. In Tavshin Lamed Tess, a year after the Rebbe had a heart attack, Dr. Ira Weiss came to spend Rosh Hashanah in 770. He didn't come as a doctor. This time he came as a chassid. On the first night after Maidiv, most of Anash went home for the Yom Suda, while a group of Bachim remained in 770 waiting for the Rebbe to leave his room. I was among them. Dr. Weiss had been invited to a meal, but he chose to join the Bachim in the foyer of 770. Some Bachim mentioned to him that it might be a long wait. On a regular Shabbos, the Rebbe would leave for home at about 9.30 p.m., but on the first night of Rosh Hashanah, he would remain in his room much longer, often until 10.30 p.m. But he wasn't perturbed. He stood erect, like a soldier, waiting for the Rebbe to appear. When the Rebbe finally emerged, he noticed Dr. Weiss standing there and understood that he had been waiting since Maidiv. The Rebbe smiled broadly, wished him Lashana Toiva, and asked, Why didn't you go to your soda? I waited for the Rebbe, he answered simply. The Rebbe's face lit up with a beautiful smile. And Ma'acha. Throughout the entire davening on Rosh Hashanah morning, the Rebbe's face was very solemn. He would often encourage the singing by banging his hand on the shtender. In general, it wasn't a long, protracted davening. The chazan wouldn't recite the yoytzres responsively. Everyone would recite it together and go through the entire portion within several minutes. On the second day of Rosh Hashanah, the Rebbe would recite Kaddish for the Rebbetzin's sister, Rebbetzin Shena, so he would stand up as Hamishi drew to a close and prepare to go to the Bima for Chatzi Kaddish. I always remember that moment, as the Balkader read V'es Ma'acha, as the time when total bedlam would break loose. Thousands of people were crammed into this space before the Bima, hoping for a close view of Tikkis, and now a pathway had to be cleared for the Rebbe. It was never an easy endeavor. A Chassid's Place Haftarah's Chana was the most powerful Haftarah to hear from the Rebbe. The Rebbe would cry profusely each year, and sometimes it was even difficult to hear the words. The Haftarah would also often be a topic during the Rosh Hashanah Farbrengen. One year at the Rosh Hashanah Farbrengen, the Rebbe taught a lesson from Chana regarding Chinuch. Chana was a prophetess, and when she came to the Mishkan, she asked Hashem to grant her a son. After the son was born, she didn't come to the Mishkan for two years. The Rebbe cried as he continued to explain. Chana isha neviya she saw Elikos, and she still didn't come for two years. Why not? so she could raise her son. But afterwards, when she brought her son, she declared, He will remain there forever. The lesson was clear. A chassid never leaves the Rebbe.
spiritual blows. During Tikkies, the Rebbe would have a pile of paper bags on the bima, generally two large ones and one small one. Rebbe Yemen Klein explained to me that they contained a collection of letters that arrived at the Rebbe's desk over the year. The panim from Erev Rosh Hashanah would remain in the Rebbe's room, perhaps because they arrived so late. Much has already been written about Tikkias itself. The Rebbe would recite the psukim and brachis in an awe-inspiring way, then proceed to blow the koilais in his special way. It was always a heavenly experience. After returning to his place after Tikkias with the shoifers and handkerchiefs, the Rebbe would organize his shtender and his talis and then very quickly turn around in a full circle for Hachzar Aspanim. During the following segment of davening, the Rebbe's face had a certain sense of relief. It was less somber than the morning. From the end to the beginning. One Rish Hashanah, the Rebbe entered the small zal from Mincha before the Fabrengen. Davening would take place in the small zal as the shul downstairs was being set up for the Fabrengen. We began to sing Avinu Malkeinu, as was the custom before each davening on Rosh Hashanah, and suddenly, to our surprise, the Rebbe began to strongly encourage the singing, shaking and banging both arms on the shtender. It felt like the first night of Rosh Hashanah. If we thought the peak was over, and Rosh Hashanah was winding down, the Rebbe suddenly brought us back to its first powerful moments. The Rosh Hashanah Fabrengen was different than regular Fabrengens. The Rebbe would enter with a serious face, and we would sing all the Rabbeim's Nugunim. It was always a short event, followed by Kishol Bracha. I remember how the Rebbe once noted that the Rebbeim always valued the time of Matzei Rosh Hashanah. Why then, the Rebbe asked, do we spend so much time giving out Kaisal Bracha? It is in order to begin the year with an act of Ahavas Yisrael. Yoim Kippur, thoughtful Al Chet. I would always come to 770 an hour and a half before Mincha and reserve a place at the front row, near the wall behind the Rebbe, to have a good view of Mincha, Al-Chet, and the Bracha. I noticed that during Al-Chet, the Rebbe would pause before each line, and only then recite it. The Bracha to Anash on Erev Yom Kippur, in my first years, lasted just a few moments. The Rebbe would close his eyes and deliver the bracha with profound concentration. I noticed how, one year, Rabbi Yenison Hackner stood there with a microphone, but the Rebbe motioned to him to take it away. A year later, the same thing took place. After bringing it a third year, the Rebbe didn't comment, and the microphone soon became official. Later in the day, just before Kol Nidre, the Rebbe would come into the Zal upstairs and bench the Bachrim with Birkas Habonim. 
I merited to be there a number of times. Yom Kippur Eve Each call Nidre, the Rebbe would hold his Sefer Torah to the right of the Chazan. Initially, the Rebbe would place his Siddur on the Chazan's podium and later on his own Bima. Eventually, a special Shtender was prepared for the Rebbe right next to the Chazan. For Tehillim after Maidiv, the Rebbe would sit in his place and recite the entire Tehillim, remaining in Shul even after the Chazan finished, unlike Shabbos Mavarchim, when the Rebbe would leave as soon as the Chazan reached the last capital. The Rebbe was usually up to the early Kufs at that point, perhaps because this Tehillim recital was the Rebbe's personal initiative. Some years, the Rebbe would stand up after Tehillim and recite Krishma and the four chapters of Tehillim in Shul. The Yom Kippur atmosphere was very solemn. On Shabbos and Yom Tif, the Rebbe would acknowledge the crowd on his way out of davening and wish good Shabbos and good Yom Tif. But on Yom Kippur, the Rebbe didn't acknowledge anyone. Watching the Chazan One unique point of davening was Vehakoyhanim. The Rebbe would recite it and bow very quickly, and then he would turn and watch the Chazan, usually Rebbe Yosef Weinberg, very carefully. The Rebbe's face would shine unnaturally during those moments, and it was always a beautiful sight. I always thought it to resemble the description of the Kohen Gadol's face in the Beis HaMikdash. The Rebbe would stand throughout the Avoida and take his seat at the beginning of Slichis. On occasion, the Rebbe would open a Tehillim during those sections, such as during the Asara Haruge Malchus. This was a minig of the previous Rebbeim, but the Rebbe didn't do it every year. The Devices I recall how one Yom Kippur the Rebbe re-entered the shul for Mincha in the middle of the break, long before the scheduled time. Nobody was prepared for davening, but the Maskirim and Gaboim were quickly called, and Mincha commenced. As Ne'ila progressed, there was still a significant period of time left until Tzais, so the Rebbe lifted the watch from his shtender and motioned to Chazan Teleshevsky to daven slower. The Rebbe also danced for Napoleon's march for a longer period than usual. In Tavshin Lamed Zayin, several children stood near the Rebbe during Ne'ila. Suddenly, the Rebbe motioned to them to come onto the Bima and instructed that all children in 770 join them. The Rebbe's Bima was crowded with children and he cried very much throughout Avinu Malkenu. As we would begin Napoleon's march, the Rebbe would climb onto his chair, it would be placed close to the wall for more stability, and clap very vigorously, with the talus entirely covering his face. The entire 770 would struggle to keep up with the Rebbe's pace and energy. To me, it always seemed to be a miracle that the Rebbe's delicate chair survived the event. After Havdalah, the Rebbe would wish the entire shul good yamtiv with a shining face 
a complete turnaround from his seriousness just moments before. The first year Ablevi Freyden visited 770, he didn't think to run for his camera as Yom Kippur finished. When the Rebbe noticed him, he asked, Where are your devices? and motioned with his hand in surprise. The next year, in Tavshin Lamed Zayin, Reblevi made sure to store his cameras in Maskiros, and indeed captured beautiful photos of that evening. Sukkis, a quiet Yamtiv. On the first night of Sukkis, after Maidiv, the Rebbe would enter the big sukkah to visit the Urchim and deliver a short bracha during their meal. A small bima would be set up for the Rebbe at the far end of the sukkah, where the women would be able to see and hear as well. Hundreds of people would cram into the small space, crushing all the tables and benches which were set up for Saudas Yamtif. Remyzhi Yeruslavsky, who oversaw the Hachnasas Urchim, was the official host, so the Rebbe instructed him to lead him into the sukkah. Remoshe didn't want to turn his back to the Rebbe, so he walked backwards the entire way. One year, in the midst of the mayhem, I overheard the Rebbe comment to Remoshe, Is there a table and a bench to eat? In the Tavshin Lamids, Sukkis was usually a very quiet yamtiv. The Rebbe no longer fabranged in the Sukkah, and the Sichais each night after davening only started in Tavshin Memalef. The Sukkis that sticks out the most in my memory was Tavshin Lamed Ches, when the Rebbe turned around to dance and vigorously encouraged the singing every time he reached his place for davening. That was considered very unusual. Later, it seemed to us to precede the events of Shmini Atzeres. On each day of Chalamayid, the Rebbe would usually spend some time in the sukkah. He would also recite Chumash Devarim on his Shana Rabbah in the sukkah. I heard that the Rebbe would be Magia, the weekly Likot, in the sukkah as well. I always made sure to stand nearby each morning when the Rebbe would enter the sukkah to bench Lulav. He would bring along a sefer of the Rebbe Maharash's Mamarim. We would also notice a bulge in his pocket. It was a second esrig, one from Eretz Yisrael, with which the Rebbe would conduct the second set of Na'anuim. After a few minutes, the Rebbe would open the door for the mayor Harlig to take the little of an esrig, and the Rebbe would tell him, every day, Matana al-Manas Lahachzir. Several minutes later, the mayor would bring some refreshments into the Rebbe's sukkah. One time I saw through the doorway how the Rebbe was sitting back in his chair without his hat and learning from a Rambam Laam. My wife's health. In Tishrei Tashin Lamid Zayin, my wife and I arrived in 770 for Tishrei as newlyweds. My wife was at the beginning of her pregnancy and she felt quite sick during Chal HaMoyed Sukkis. We were a young couple without any previous experience and without any family nearby to consult with, so I became quite concerned about it 
and wrote a note to the Rebbe asking for a bracha. At first, I didn't receive an answer. On Heshayna Rabba, the Rebbe would give out lekach to women, and my wife joined the line. As she reached the Rebbe, he asked her in Hebrew, Habriyut shalach kvar beseder? Is your health already in order? At first, she was bewildered, so the Rebbe repeated himself, Habriyut shalach kvar beseder? After that, the pregnancy indeed became easier. Simchas Torah, Elderly Circle Mairev on Simchas Torah night in the Tavshin Lamids would take place in the small zal upstairs because all the Bachrim would be away on Ta'alucha. One year, several friends and I decided to wait to see what happens as the Rebbe enters the zal and then to run to our shul for Ta'alucha. We stood in the hallway behind the door to the zal and opened it just a crack. We didn't dare show our face. The Rebbe entered the shul where only about 20 elder Hasidim were present and began to sing and vigorously clap. The Zikanim attempted to keep up, but it obviously wasn't the same as usual. Suddenly, the Rebbe motioned a circle with his hand, indicating that they should dance. They all went into a circle and the Rebbe stood in his corner, encouraging their singing and dancing. It was a very unique sight. Flying into 770 One year, three friends and I rushed back to 770 after Tahalucha, hoping to catch as much of the Fabrengen as possible. Arriving at 770, we raced down the driveway, burst through the door, and hurriedly pushed our way to our places at the Fabrengen. As I settled into my place, my neighbor commented, Did you see what just happened? The Rebbe was watching you guys the entire time, running, jumping, and going crazy. On Simchas Torah evening, the Rebbe's place at the Fabrengen would be directly across the door to the driveway for logistical reasons, and our entire tumult had been directly in front of the Rebbe. I was a bit uncomfortable to say the least, but it was too late. Our actions couldn't be undone. Suddenly, the Rebbe looked to his right, where the first of my friends was standing, and motioned to him to say L'chaim. Afterwards, he looked for me, a little more to the left, and motioned for me to say L'chaim as well. After I said L'chaim, the Rebbe turned to his left, and motioned the same to my other friends. We felt the special chavivus that the Rebbe had to the Tahalucha, giving us immediate returns for our long walk. The meaning of the Psukim. During the evening, Simchas Torah Fabrengen, the Rebbe would speak with a special, unusual kach. He would often dwell on the Psukim of Atahadesa. One year, Chaim Herzog, Israel's ambassador to the UN and later president, attended the Farbrengen, and the Rebbe spoke about the importance of speaking the truth as Hashem wills it. To bring out his point, the Rebbe used a play on the Pasuk, Vayi yunam arinu l'ratzein l'fnei adoin kol. 
if we want to know what to say, the Rebbe said, we need to choose that which is according to the wishes of the Master of all. On another occasion, the Rebbe spoke about the Pasuk, Hashem Melech, Hashem Malach, Hashem Yimlech Le'elam Vod. Why is it, the Rebbe asked, that we declare Hashem's kingship first in present tense and only then in past tense instead of going in chronological order? The Rebbe explained that some people think that Torah was relevant in the past, in a desert 3,000 years ago, but today we should make changes. This is the meaning of the Pasuk, Hashem Melech, Hashem is King today. If you want to understand what that means, Hashem Malach, He remains just as relevant as He was in the past. And with that attitude, there will be Hashem Yimlaich La'ilam Vaid. Throwing a Jew out? Every year, as the Fabrengen drew to a close, Ramatul Teleshevsky would announce the Seder of preparing for Hakafis. Der Seder Vedzayin Azoi, he once began to announce. In order to prepare for Hakafis, the Rebbe asks that everyone leave the shul. Standing next to the Rebbe, I heard the Rebbe comment with a smile, I never instructed a Jew to leave shul. You too. Hakafes was one of the greatest moments in 770. And if you had a good place towards the front of 770, it was truly an unbelievable experience. You were able to watch the Rebbe encourage the singing from up close and see how he looked all over the shoal, connecting with each person individually. One special moment each year was when the Gabbai would announce Izmen Mechabed, inviting the Rebbe to recite the first Pasuk of Atta Hadesa. The Rebbe would be leaning on his shtender, but as these words were recited, he would stand erect and tall and loudly recite the Pasuk in a beautiful tune. As the crowd recited the Pasuk after him, the Rebbe would lean back on the shtender until he was called for the next Pasuk when he would stand straight up again. When I first arrived in 770, I was told that it was a great merit to kiss the Rebbe's Sefer Torah as he returned from his Hakafa. I didn't ask any questions. As soon as the Rebbe began to walk back to his place, I jumped from my place and clambered over to the Shvil to kiss the Torah. I didn't say anything to the Rebbe, but those who chose to wish the Rebbe the Leben Ibrayar were answered with an emphatic Gam Atem. I continue to do so every year. One year, as I climbed onto the table alongside the Shvil, the crush of the crowd overpowered me, and I fell into the Shvil right in the Rebbe's path. There was nowhere for me to go. The Rebbe slowly approached, and I frantically looked for somewhere to put myself. I noticed a small space between the table and a pole and quickly squeezed myself into it. The Rebbe slowly passed by me and I stood for several moments just inches away from the Rebbe. I was so close 
that the Rebbe brushed my arm as he proceeded on. The Rebbe's face shone with a brilliant holiness. Without saying a word, I touched the Sefer Torah, and the Rebbe looked me in the eyes and said, Kamatem. As the Rebbe proceeded, he slowed down further down the Shvil until a space was cleared. He turned back to me and with a big smile made a motion with the Sefer Torah. In Tavshin Lamed Ches, the Rebbe pointed to me during the third Hakafa on Shemini Atzeres to go to the Hakafa. I wasn't sure who the Rebbe was pointing to. Looking behind me, I noticed a much older individual than me, so I motioned to him to go. The Rebbe then pointed again to me, specifically, so I went to the Hakafa. Hakafais The daytime Hakafais were quite short, but a special moment always took place as we sang Sisu V'Simchu upon returning the Torahs to the Aron Kodesh. The Rebbe would turn around and encourage the singing very strongly and continue doing so for a long time. Something very special happened in the Rebbe's Shnas Hashivim on Simchas Torah Day, Tavshin Lamed Gimel. After Ata Horesa, the Rebbe turned to Rebbe Zalman Gerari, who would sell the Psukim on behalf of Merkiz at the daytime Hakafis, and instructed him to sell the first three Psukim of his capital, Ayin Aleph, Becha Hashem Chosisi, and then the Rebbe recited them in his special Atahoresa tune. During Kriyas Hatoira, the Rebbe seemed more approachable than usual. He would often look around the crowd, sometimes give instructions about Aliyahs and so forth. However, the Rebbe's demeanor would change as soon as the Mershus for Chasen Bereshus began. At that moment, as he was being called up to the Torah with the Friedrich Rebbe, his face would assume a much more serious expression. It suddenly felt like Yom Kippur. During the Aliyah, the Rebbe would hold the Atzechayim through his talis, following the custom of the Friedrich Rebbe. He wasn't subtle about it. He would pull down his entire talis towards the Torah and hold it in a very overt way. According to Halacha, one is supposed to return to his place after an aliyah by using the longer way. On two occasions, I remember the Rebbe approaching that way, but being blocked by the tables in place for hakafis. The Rebbe simply sat down on the table, swung his feet over, and continued on. Where were you before? One year... About an hour before Mincha on Simchas Torah afternoon, I was chatting with Reberke Wolf near the entrance to downstairs 770. As usual, the shoal was still a mess. Benches and tables were overturned and everything was out of place. Some individuals were already saving places for the Farbrengen, while a large group of people were conducting their own hakafes near the Aron Suddenly, the Rebbe appeared in the doorway. The clock had changed that day from daylight savings, and the Rebbe had left his room for Mincha an hour earlier than expected. He headed in the direction of his place and paused near the Berke. Hakafais! Hakafais! 
He raised his hand in surprise and looked sternly while pointing his finger at the dancing crowd. Noticing the Rebbe's entrance and apparent concern, the crowd at the front dispersed within seconds. The Rebbe approached the Aron Kedesh, touched the Pereiches, and returned to his room. An hour later, he returned from Mincha. I felt that it wasn't just the late davening that bothered the Rebbe. There was something more to it. That morning, in that same room, the Nasi Hadar had danced Hakafis, received Chasen Bereshis, and spent time with the Chasidim. Where were those individuals? Why have they suddenly shown up to celebrate? Clearly, the Rebbe expected better. An Intimate Dance In Tavshin Lamed Gimel, before the Farbrengen, the Rebbe entered the small Zal from Mincha and took his usual Shabbos place under the window of the Cheder Sheni. Very few people were present. Most of the crowd was already congregated in the large Zal awaiting the Farbrengen and only some 20 people were in the room singing Al HaSalahach as the Rebbe entered. To our surprise, the Rebbe began vigorously clapping and encouraging the singing. I was standing very close to the Rebbe and I suddenly noticed the Rebbe throw a glance at the table. A moment later, he pushed it out of the way with his foot and jumped onto his chair to dance. By that time, the singing had been heard from downstairs and a rush of people had filled the Zal to capacity. The Rebbe began to dance in an extraordinary way, encouraging the singing very strongly on and on until Mincha began. On another occasion, the Rebbe seemed a bit serious when he entered the Zal for Mincha. One well-known chassid had too many lechaims, and in the middle of Asherah, he slammed a bottle of mashke onto a table. The Rebbe looked up and said, Verruig, calm down. It didn't take a moment. The mashke disappeared, and he was instantly sober. Leaving the Rebbe, bring regards. One year, during my Yechidus, before returning to Eretz Yisrael after Tishrei, the Rebbe spoke to me about various issues concerning my shlichus, but then noted that during the first week, I wouldn't have time to deal with any of it because you will need to repeat the sichis, the news, nais, and the regards, gruzen, from here. Seeing off the guests. In those years, Rebbe Froim Wolf would arrange an official group from Eretz Yisrael that would travel together to and from New York, and the Rebbe would come out to see them off. Sometimes the Rebbe would smile, but more commonly, the Rebbe would be very serious and watch carefully as the bus drove off into the distance, all the while reciting something with his lips. The Rebbe would continue to watch even for several minutes after the bus went off into the distance. One year, the group's flight was cancelled right before takeoff from Kennedy Airport, and all the passengers were directed to a nearby hotel. The hour was already late, and their trip was rescheduled for 10 o'clock the next morning, 
So the group decided not to return to Crown Heights. Either way, the Deb had probably left 770 and wouldn't be back until 10 the next morning. One elderly chassid, Remeir Kharlov, decided that he would return to 770 nonetheless. He called a taxi and rushed to 770 hoping to catch the Rebbe before he left. He rushed into 770 panting and puffing. Is the Rebbe still here? To his luck, the Rebbe had remained in 770 later than usual and Remeir stood in the foyer waiting to see the Rebbe one last time. Soon enough, the Rebbe emerged from his room. Rebbe, the plane is zubrachen The airplane broke down, he said to the Rebbe. The Rebbe looked at him with a huge smile and responded, All delays are for the good. After the Rebbe had a heart attack, I had the opportunity to see the Rebbe on Shabbos Bereshis when he attended Kriya in the small Zal. As a guest, I was allowed to attend. Instead of the usual Yechidis, the Rebbe sat at the door of his room to see us off. We each placed a pan on the table and received a dollar. The Rebbe told each of us, Shnas Bracha, Shnas Hatzlacha. When I went by, the Rebbe motioned to me to come back and gave me a collection of dollars as a participation in a fabrengen I was to arrange upon returning to my shlichos in Elat. When I arrived in Elat, I arranged a big fabrengen and distributed the dollars to the dignitaries who participated, the Rabbanim, the mayor, etc. A group of 10 people approached me and requested dollars as well. I told them that I had no more to offer them, but they insisted that I procure dollars for them anyway. After the event, I reported the entire story to Rabbi Yamin Klein. He soon called me back and said that he repeated everything to the Rebbe, and the Rebbe didn't respond. On Erevish Chodesh Kislev, just a few hours before the Rebbe famously went home from 770 for the first time since Shemini Atzeres, a member of Anash in Eretz Yisrael visiting New York wrote to the Rebbe that he would be returning home. The Rebbe sent out $11 and requested in a minor, Hamatsurif Baze Yud Aleph Dollar Mituvay Limser Laravachasid Glitzenstein Shiyichia Shebeilat. The enclosed $11, please deliver to Rabbi Glitzenstein Sheyichia of Elat. Postscript When the Rebbe visited Paris in Tavshin Zayin, he held a farbrengen with the Hasidim. Rebbe Fahl Volshansky related what the Rebbe said to him. Zitzta Bacher und klappt auf der Maschine. A Bacher sits and types on a typewriter. Rebbe Fall served as a secretary. But a Bachar must always think about the Rebbe and think about being by the Rebbe. Every Bachar, and indeed every Chassid, needs to think about the Rebbe constantly and always have a desire to be near the Rebbe. Recently, there is so much Helen Behester that even if one desires to travel to the Rebbe, he cannot do so. Therefore, 
an appropriate hachlata teva during this period would be to travel to the Rebbe as soon as one has the opportunity to do so in a safe manner. May we be able to do so very soon.